0: This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio today with Graham Williams. We've got a fun show for you this morning. Uh, We will be talking about all the Apple announcements that happened this week at the Worldwide Developer Conference. So all the uh, iPhone, Apple TV, Apple Watch, and Mac goodness. Uh, They've got some really cool features coming out uh, for all of those uh, devices. So you'll want to stay tuned for that. Also, Do you have problem getting reception in your car with your cell phone? Well, we've uh, got a device that just might help you with that. So you'll want to hear that uh, segment too. And finally, uh, we will be talking with Rose Bahar over at Mobile Syrup about the CRTC uh, musing uh, about uh, some of the uh, internet service providers and streaming services paying into a Canadian content fund to help uh, develop and promote uh, CanCon, or Canadian content as it uh, is called, before we get there, Graham, thanks for joining me. Always glad to be here. Uh, let's talk about some of the uh, tech news uh, right now. So this was uh, an interesting thing that came up. Apple is testing a feature that could kill police iPhone unlockers. And for the listeners out there, uh, iPhones are incredibly hard to hack into. And uh, it's only recently that there have been a couple companies, uh, Celebrite and Grayshift, that claim they've got... Uh, iPhone unlocking tools for the police. But now Apple is uh, talking about something that might uh, kill that.
1: Yeah, so the idea here was being able to connect to the phone via USB and then continuing to retry the password over and over again until you were able to hack into it. Um, so essentially it would just you know drill this thing over and over with numbers. If you had a four-digit password, it was kind of relatively easy to do. If you've got six digits or longer, it becomes really, really difficult. And as soon as you add alphanumeric characters in, so letters and numbers, um, it was very difficult for them to do. But Apple's looking at this and they were saying, we'd like to knock that on the head completely. So a feature that's rolled out in the iOS 12 beta, and it's a feature that we've seen before that was in previous betas that didn't make it into iOS 11. But what it does is it requires a separate password on the device that can't be entered through the USB um, when you plug it into USB and hasn't been plugged in for longer than an hour. So basically, if you haven't used your phone for more than an hour, it shuts off the USB, will still charge, but won't let it use it for actual data uh, transfer uh, until you put that password in. It's actually a really smart way of taking these devices and essentially making them absolutely useless uh, for people (laughs) trying to hack into them.
0: Apple's really uh, doubling down on privacy for their uh, their. customers really as well they should i mean somebody's got
1: to fight for privacy for us out there and it seems like apple has looked at this and said yeah you know what this this makes a lot of sense for us it's important to us uh they've obviously left a ton of money on the table when it comes to advertising a ton of money on the table when it comes to tracking uh people's usage they have you know some of the number one cell phones in the world uh they've got you know the the biggest app store in the world as far as purchases goes and they take all of that data they sanitize it they clean it anonymize it and don't use it Um, you know that's kind of to their detriment. You take a look at Siri versus, uh, okay, Google or Alexa. And you know, the two services that are really digging right into your privacy, they've actually been able to jump quite a far, far bit ahead. So the Siri team has been playing catch up, but Apple thinks that it's worth it in order for people to maintain that, that level of privacy. I have to agree with them.
0: Let's, uh, look in the router news. Uh, routers are the, uh, the devices in our homes that, uh, give us uh, Wi-Fi and share the internet, uh, throughout our houses. Uh, ASUS has, uh, Announced a super fast new gaming router. Uh, I guess the latest standard that maybe if you're a little more geeky, you might be familiar with is uh, called 802.11ac. This is uh, a new 802.11ax. So, how much faster is this, Graham? Well, it's going to be quite a bit
1: faster. It's uh, up to just over a gigabit per second wireless. It's got a 2.5 gigabit per second wired port. So, in some cases, the infrastructure in your house uh, or in your office. Actually, isn't there to support this as it stands right now? If you've got switches and things like that, uh, the main feature of AX, though, the one that I'm really stoked about, is the ability for it to push through additional traffic in your house. So, if you've got things like uh, that are going to use radio signal, uh, other Wi-Fi devices. If you're in a crowded condo, um, this is actually going to give you far higher speeds. Uh, I'm currently uh, on with Novus right now, and I've got one gigabit per second up, one gigabit per second down, but my old router can really only keep up to about 600 megabits per second because of that interference.
0: 60,
1: 60%. Yeah, about that, with wireless. Uh, yeah. With with wired, it's a little bit faster, but again, the, the router's still a little old and tired. So uh, looking at this, uh, this is actually sort of a, a pre-release device as far as certification goes. Uh, 802.11ax is not supposed to be certified until 2019. They're still allowed to release it, but it's not a certified device. We saw that in the past with... Uh, you 802.11ac where these devices will roll out and then typically manufacturers will issue a firmware update
0: after it's been uh, certified. So we'll be seeing this uh, in the future, I, I guess. Uh, I, I checked on my router the other day and see how many uh, devices I had hooked up in my home. Mm. 47. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Everything's smart now, like my light
1: switches, uh, everything. So, so a device like this where you actually do have the capability of serving more devices is, uh, is pretty handy.
0: We're going to have to take a break. Uh, Like I said earlier, we will be finding out all the latest Apple news in our next segment uh, later on in the hour. Uh, A new device that can help you get better cell phone reception in your car as well. You'll want to stay tuned for that. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio. Well, Apple had some major announcements revolving around their iPhone, their Mac, and their Apple Watch operating systems. On the line to... uh, go through some of that stuff. We've got Alex Coop from IT World Canada. Thanks for joining me, Alex. Thanks for having me, Mike. Uh, let's uh, start off uh, with some of the new iPhone features uh, that uh, they have announced uh, for iOS 12. And we won't be seeing iOS 12 uh, till the fall, right? That's right, yes. Yeah.
2: So that's going to be coming out later. Um, and the iOS 12 uh, operating system for Apple was one of the biggest predictions everyone had heading into the developers conference, and like everyone predicted, uh, that was one of their first announcements. Um, and I guess the biggest takeaway from this uh, announcement this time around is of the fact that they are uh, focusing much more on performance rather than the the flashy um, the flashy stuff that they usually uh, accompany these announcements with. So. They're they're looking to support older devices um, that will support the iOS 12. I believe that's going back all the way to the iPhone 6. So they're just uh, responding to some of the feedback that they've received recently about uh, Apple throttling their phones um, as the uh, as the upgrades continue uh, for the smartphones. So they're they're making sure that uh, whatever device you have that uh, the new operating system runs runs well. So they're sort of laying the foundation for What I'm assuming will be the more flashy announcements that will come later uh, down the road.
0: Well, from what I uh, remember uh, them saying, uh, for older phone users like iPhone 6 users, uh, upgrading to iOS 12 uh, will speed up their phones. And in a lot of cases, uh, a lot of the apps will uh, open twice as fast as compared to iOS 11 or earlier. That's right, Yeah, I think
2: based on some of the stuff that's come out so far, they said that apps will launch 40% faster. You can slide to take a photo up to 70% faster. Um, So performance is just going to improve, and they're also uh, introducing some new augmented reality um, uh, mechanics, specifically a new... um, uh, Memoji. So Samsung tried to do this uh, with their launch um, of their new phone a couple months ago. And it was basically a um, a little avatar that you could create your, uh, of yourself through using augmented reality. So some enhanced, uh, there's some new technology in the camera of the new Samsung phones that allowed for people to... Uh, create uh, avatars with themse- of themselves. And so uh, Apple's kind of following in that, in that line uh, of thinking. But it seems like these ones are actually turning out a little bit better. Like the actual avatars themselves, are, are um, they're looking a lot better. So that technology is, is looking pretty impressive. And so they're definitely doubling down on the AR experiences on the phone. Um, and um, so you can definitely see that they're they're pushing that technology. Um, another thing that was kind of predicted heading into the conference, so it's not a huge surprise, but it is nice to see that some support is being provided there as well.
0: Yeah, I had a chance to uh, watch the demo on the uh, the Memoji's. Uh, it looked pretty cool, but again, that's only going to work on iPhone tens, correct?
2: Yes, yeah. At the moment, that's the that's the latest uh, phone that I think would be able to support that. Um, I'm, I can't remember off the top of my head if, if it was announced otherwise, but I think the iPhone 10 right now is the only phone that would be able to support that. Um, however, they are announcing additional support for, uh, for AR content through Adobe. So they're really encouraging developers to use their Adobe software, Photoshop, uh, and the like to create new augmented reality content. So... Um, the, uh, that really means it's, it seems like they're really trying to open up the door for more AR content to show up, not just on their smartphones, but like across the board. Uh, so that's, that's pretty interesting as
3: well.
0: Uh, one of the other big features uh, I, I thought was interesting uh, is something uh, called screen uh, Screen time and also the Do Not Disturb. They're uh, really concerned about how much time we're spending on our, uh, on our devices.
2: Yeah, there's been lots of talk about uh, smartphone addiction and and uh, Apple has kind of been in the center of that conversation and they've kind of addressed that here by, yeah, trying to mitigate the number of notifications you get on your phone and by, um, I think what they're calling it is, is uh, stacking your messages or notifications um, kind of into bundles. So when you get a handful of texts at once, from different people, perhaps you're not getting constant blasts uh, on your phone and notifications of each individual message. The, the messages end up kind of stacking themselves into a single sort of folder. Um, now, whether that's going to uh, please anyone who was sort of on um, jumping on the bandwagon when it comes to smartphone addiction and kind of pointing the finger at uh, smartphone um, users and, and companies like Apple, I'm not sure. But um, I mean, it is a it is a Step in a direction to try and yeah mitigate those uh, the number of notifications you get, which ultimately is the reason why people constantly check their phones is because it's always buzzing and and uh, that 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 forces people to pick up their phone to check you know what's going on. So yeah, if they can stack those notifications and and kind of put them all in one place and not have it going off as many times as uh, as it usually does, yeah, that might uh, that might curb the uh, that screen time.
0: Yeah, what well, was interesting as well with the screen time uh, they'll. Uh uh, through uh, the iOS 12 update, uh, when that does come out, uh, you'll be able to actually see how much time you spend on individual apps. You can even set time limits, apparently, for particular apps. And uh, parents, uh, I think it's cool as well, you can uh, have uh, parents set time limits for the the kids. So I think it's uh, kind of a, a step in uh, the right direction. Uh, also announced some uh, stuff for the Apple Watch. Uh, uh, again, Apple Watch is uh, the de facto number one smartwatch uh uh, I guess in wearable uh, out in the market today. One one of the features that caught my eye was the uh, the walkie-talkie feature. Did you get a chance to see that?
2: Very briefly, yeah. Um, I understand that th- that was one of the kind of enhancements that they had to the watch. They're trying to um, yeah also eliminate the need for you to actually address Siri um, to to have it fulfill any commands so in addition to the kind of walkie-talkie function you could also just kind of raise your hand and and that motion alone will sort of enable it to kind of kickstart into a specific command maybe give you a time uh, depending on sort of some preset conditions it might uh, kind of tell you certain things that you want it to tell you depending on like what motion you make so yeah, they're, they're certainly beefing up uh, the, the watch a little bit, too. Um, it, it's sort of remained a little bit stagnant uh, the same way as its phones have in terms of, like, advancements and uh, um, kind of new features to, to grasp onto, but it seems like they, you know, this is, again, another step in the right direction. and um, People still love the watch, or it's, it seems like people are buying it, so, you know, this is a, this is a neat little feature to, to add to that.
0: Yeah, some of the other features that uh, caught my uh, eye on the new uh, Apple Watch 5, which will be coming out uh, in the months to come, uh, automatic workout detection. So it uh, tries to determine what kind of workout you're doing. They've got new workouts uh, that are built into the watch as well, including yoga and hiking. uh, And uh, a feature for students, Uh, you can actually uh, put your student card uh, into the Apple Watch uh, as well. So a lot of universities have these student cards uh, now, all you have to do is, uh, I guess, flash uh, the watch, and it uh, will interact with the different things uh, in the, in the school. Yeah, th-
2: it's a that's that's pretty neat, and it, you know, it kind of complements the their you know Apple's emphasis on uh, on health and and um, accessories for for exercise, and and this sort of certainly falls in line with that. Um, yeah, the Apple Watch is certainly a great fit for uh, for that type of uh, for for developers looking to build new content for, um, for kind of the health side of things and, and people um, exercising and using these accessories, so um, it makes perfect sense to to uh, add even more to it. And if you look at the schedule, actually, for uh, the conference, there's a lot of uh, a lot of workshops kind of geared to um, to to this type of uh, development and when it like the exercise and and uh, the activity focused stuff. So. Uh, Really, that's not much of a surprise, so that's neat to see. Uh,
0: Another interesting thing, uh, they also talked about uh, Apple TV uh, and uh, that operating system and some of the things they're doing. Uh, One of the big things I I thought was interesting is they've uh, announced a a deal with Charter Spectrum uh, down in the U.S. They're, uh, I think, the second largest uh, cable company down there. So instead of uh, cable boxes, uh, Charter Spectrum will be giving out Apple TV 4K uh, boxes uh, to all their customers, and basically, uh, those customers will be able to access all their TV channels through the Apple TV. So that kind of, you know, seemed like a, a shot across the bow, uh, you know, against all the cable box uh, manufacturers out there.
2: Yeah, I, and I, I mean, I haven't uh, looked back at the live feed right now from the conference, but that was pretty much the the one big announcement for uh, for their TV side of things, and. Uh, yeah, 4K is is becoming more and more, uh, um, it's becoming adopted more and more, and, and entering the mainstream um, more every day. So, this is uh, this is Apple, of course, uh, trying to to uh, grasp that as the as best it can and and get its customers to to dig in. Um, no announcements were made. It seems like, and, and that had any relation to their investments in Hollywood recently. Uh, they're looking to make their own shows and. Uh, compete with some of the bigger streaming services. Uh, so this 4K announcement is maybe uh, kind of laying the foundation for that. But, uh, yeah, I, I didn't hear much more than that. But that is pretty uh, exciting as well. And, and like I said, 4K is the, the way of the future. Um, so this uh, makes perfect sense for them to to announce it.
0: We're talking with Alex Coop from IT World Canada all about uh, the new Apple announcements. I think we're just scratching the surface. You can obviously go uh, online to uh, find out more and, and uh, also listen to our sister show tomorrow, the App Show, here on CKW W980. Uh, we'll uh, be dissecting some of these uh, announcements uh, uh, a bit more. Thanks for joining us, Alex. Thanks for having me, Mike. When we come back from the break, still more tech to talk here on Get Connected. Uh, we will be uh, chatting uh, with Rose Bahar about... Uh, The CRTC uh, suggesting that some of the streaming providers like Netflix actually pay into making Canadian content. And uh, if you were constantly losing signal in your car with your cell phone, we've got a device that might just help you. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs, here on the Chorus Radio Network, back after this. You are back with Get Connected, Mike Agarbo here in studio. I want to talk about Canadian content now. For years, the broadcasters here in Canada have been funding that. Uh, so that's why we have a lot of the great uh, Canadian TV shows uh, on the air. Well, now the CRTC uh, is thinking that uh, Internet service providers and streaming providers like Netflix and Spotify should perhaps fund that. On the line, we've got Rose Bihar from Mobile Syrup to help us make sense of it. Rose, thanks for joining us.
4: Thank you so much for having me.
0: So what's going on here? Uh, CRTC thinks uh, Internet folks should pay for Canadian content now. Do you think they can make that that's happen? right.
4: Well, I mean, now in this sort of digital world, the CRTC has gone through and done a report of how Canadians are consuming content. Surprise, surprise, it's mostly online, or in growing amounts, it's online. And, uh, so their conclusion was that not only cable operators should have to contribute towards Canadian Media Fund and other funds for Canadian content, well, internet service providers should as well, and also wireless operators, because So many Canadians are consuming content through those avenues rather than just traditional cable.
0: Well, it's interesting. uh, You know, you look at uh, companies like Netflix, uh, obviously huge here in Canada. Uh, Everyone and their dog has Netflix now. uh, And they're spending billions of content on content uh, for new movie shows and TVs. Uh, They're actually filming a lot of this stuff up here in Canada. But I guess the CRTC wants a specific... Uh, I guess uh, amount spent specifically on Canadian stuff.
4: That's right. Yeah, and that's that's another large part. Netflix is actually uh, they want Netflix to contribute to Canadian uh, the Canadian media environment as well. And They want platforms like Spotify as well who contribute in terms of music, um, but they're not really looking at doing any Netflix tax. That, that might be a phrase that you've heard previously. Um, it's, it's not so much a monetary funding, but they're, they suggested that, that Netflix get into a binding service agreement with Canada in which it would help do things like make Canadian content more discoverable or promote Canadian content. And that would be how they would equitably... Uh, contribute to the Canadian media environment, and and these service agreements would also apply to all sorts of different companies um, within the environment as well. All these different foreign companies trying to make them contribute to Canadian content.
0: Well, I, you know, on one side, uh, you know, I don't always like uh, government regulation, but on the other side, you know, you look at companies like Netflix and these other uh, streaming providers; they're not really contributing uh, anything compared to like our, what our broadcasters uh, uh, are doing here in Canada, like the Bells and the, the Rogers, which are, are pouring in like tens of millions of dollars uh, for Canadian producers uh, to make shows.
4: Exa- exactly. Netflix, uh, because it doesn't have any physical headquarters in Canada, it doesn't need to pay corporate tax, it doesn't need to pay sales tax, and it doesn't need to pay into the Canadian Media Fund uh, for Canadian content. So it doesn't have to contribute, and that's what the, the Bells and the Rogers of, of Canada, they that's what they think is unfair. Um, h- however, it is important to note that they do get benefits out of that same system. There are benefits within that Canadian system that Netflix isn't getting, but it is, they've, they've long desired kind of a more level playing field between them and this huge global player. Uh, and so the government is still sort of trying to figure out how to make that work in any sort of way that doesn't potentially reduce the amount of Canadian content that we see in in our uh, media environment. So for now, there's not been any strict idea of, well, Netflix will have to pay into anything. It's really more, how can we make them do anything at all? And basically that's just the idea of promoting or helping make canadian content easy to discover on netflix
0: i mean then we're talking about other streaming providers like music uh, guys as well like the spotify's and apple music i mean uh i mean there's so many different providers that are coming into uh into the country now uh and i guess at the end of the day if they can make something happen here and get these guys to contribute money uh, i'm sure that that cost will be passed on to the consumer
4: So that's always the fear, that the cost will be passed on to the consumer if they force a big platform like Netflix or Spotify to pay into some sort of media fund. And I think that it's not what the liberal government is interested in. And the the prime minister himself has said he's not interested in any sort of Netflix tax or related thing. And there's a similar concern coming up with this idea of the internet tax, well, if internet service providers then have to contribute towards Canadian media, uh, will the internet bills not go up? So that is also becoming a concern. But, of course, none of this is, uh, you know, instated yet. There, There's going to, today it was announced that there's going to be a broadcasting and telecommunications review, and that'll take 18 months. So we're, we've yet to come anywhere close to uh, seeing what the results will be from all this.
0: We're talking with Rose Bahar from Mobile Syrup about uh, the CRTC thinking that uh, streaming providers like Netflix uh, should pay into a Canadian content uh, agreement of some type. Thanks for joining us, Rose. Thanks so much. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk here and get connected. Stay tuned. So we hear a lot about uh, wearables uh, in the marketplace. Obviously, there's the Apple Watch. There's Fitbits. Well, there's uh, an interesting uh, new technology that we want to have a look at today. It's uh, a company that's developed wearables For an entire team. On the line, we've got Eric Hammond-Woods from IT World Canada. Thanks for joining us.
3: Thanks for having me, Mike.
0: So tell us about uh, this this interesting uh, wearable uh, platform. I I believe it's a Canadian company as well that's developed it.
3: It is. In fact, it is based in BC. It is out of Penticton. And the uh, creator of it, his name is Scott McMillan, if you ever want to have him on your show. And what he's managed to do is design a hub, uh, a hub that can monitor um, wearables in packs of four. So as he sells it to sports companies, you can buy a pack of four, eight, 12, or 16 wearables. And this hub can keep track of the um of the vital signs of every player who is wearing one of them why is this appealing to sports teams well so what <laughs> uh full disclosure i myself not a huge sports person so i asked the uh, bill that question myself and he said that what coaches really love about it is that they can monitor every member of a team at once um, your standard sports team consists of between like, let's say eight and 16 players. So this way, instead of having to buy one or two wearable devices like a smartwatch, I mean, we've had this technology for G for quite a while. Um, you can grab this little device. It's, uh, it's kind of like an oval and it's designed to be tucked into whatever you happen to be wearing. If you don't have something to wear, uh, the company, it's called Exco, does create, a, it creates a belt, almost a, a sash that you can put around your waist or around your shoulder. And it, uh, it can pick up multiple people at once. So if you're, if you're trying to use a smartwatch, every player has to have their own smartwatch. And then that data is individual to every player. And it's hard for the coach to keep track of it without looking at the smartwatch itself. Um, what this device, and it is called the Sport Bioanalytics Performance Monitoring System, um, does is it uploads the data to a mobile app that the coach can look at while the players are wearing it. So, let's say you have a 16-person team. Each of these 16 people can put one of these devices on them. You set up the uh, you set up the monitoring hub, which looks like a small little tricorder and then on your phone you will be able to see their heart rate you will be able to see their relative speed you will be able to see their breathing uh, uh their breathing speed
0: this will be interesting and to see uh the mm-hmm. applications for this uh like will will sports leagues uh, allow this type of technology mm-hmm. uh, on on the field or or on the rink because i mean you could get some mm-hmm. super valuable information about uh uh, you know who 's tired and who 's not and who to sub in and who to to take mm-hmm. out you
3: know what i mean it uh no it could definitely uh burst it wide open and i I think Scott is both aware of and counting on that <coughs> at the very least I think we can uh we can see this being used in training. Um, whether we'll see it used more widely in professional sports. I'm not certain for the reasons you cited. And I think Scott knows that too. He's primarily uh, at the moment going after schools. So high schools and colleges uh, is where he thinks the primary market will be. And uh, another major market is um, he thinks it can be used as a health device. And he does anticipate that uh, there could be a massive market in hospitals for this sort of hub that can monitor multiple patients at once,
0: it'll be interesting because there's obviously a lot of competition in the uh, the wearable space. I wonder, mm-hmm. you know, if uh, mm-hmm. they can make it on their own or they're going to be a takeover target down the road.
3: Yes, uh, we will have to see, and that uh, that is something. I met uh, this organization at a um, at a conference for flexible wearable electronics, and that's something that uh, many people. Uh, more educated and who make more money than I do, we're saying, is that it will. It's a great product, but it will have to do more to stand out. And it will be interesting to see if it, it does hit it big, or if we see it uh, acquired by a larger company.
0: We're talking with Eric EmmonWood from uh, IT World Canada, all about uh, wearables for sports teams. I want to thank you for joining us today.
3: Thank you very much for having me, Mike. When we come back
0: from the break, are you uh, having a hard time getting cell reception while you're driving around in your car? Well, we might have something that can help you out. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio. Have you ever been driving down the highway and lost your cell reception? Well, that happens to me multiple times a day. I drive in from White Rock all the way into Vancouver and there's at least three or four dead spots. Well, we might have something that can help fix that. Uh, On the line here, we've, uh, or sorry, in studio, we've got Lane Matthews from SureCall, thanks for joining us.
5: Hey, thanks for having me, Mike. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here.
0: So let's talk about some of the uh, the solutions uh, you have. We'll start with the uh, the car. Uh, like I said, I'm constantly running into dead spots with my cell phone. I know the carriers say that they've got everything covered. But that's not always the case. Yeah, you know, it, it is a fairly
5: common po- problem that people run into, right? When you're driving out through you know, a lot of areas, you might get off out of the city or off of the you know the main highway, and you'll have a lot of areas where you'll ha- you'll have drop connections, right? Where it's just not good uh, connectivity, and it, it's difficult for the carriers to provide coverage everywhere, right? And so that, that's where we come in at SureCall. We manufacture cell phone boosters, and they're designed to extend the range as you're uh, you know going down the road in those situations. So basically, what our solution is is it's a it's called our Fusion to Go 3.0. It's an in-vehicle booster where you have a, an antenna you place on the, on the roof of the car that captures the signal outside there, runs down with a, with a small wire that you know connects into a, a cell phone amplifier where we amplify that, that signal that we capture with the antenna, and then it has a separate antenna on the inside that relays, rebroadcasts that boosted signal to your phone. So what we're able to do is we're able to receive a weaker signal from the cell tower that your phone can, Amplify it make it stronger for your phone and then as your phone tries to communicate back with the tower We're actually able to make that signal stronger going back to the tower as well, and so we have uh, we've actually uh, re- Launched this fusion go 3.0 here about six months ago and it, it features you know Twice the power of any other mobile ce- cell phone booster that's out there on the market Which means you're going to get further from the cell tower with a, a sure call solution than any other uh, manufacturer on the market
0: and this actually works. I've seen a lot of bogus uh, things out there. You know, you get these cheap things on Amazon, you know, for 20 bucks, that'll boost your cell phone. Uh, how do we know this works? Yeah, you know,
5: it's something I'll, I've been in this industry for like uh, 12 years. And so I always get the comments about stickers or things you can place on your phone that people have seen, right? And yeah, a sticker on your phone does not work. Just, just, just to uh, debunk that myth, you know, out there. But uh um, how it, our solutions are proven to work, we actually have a 60 day money back guarantee on our solutions. We stand by their performance. Um, but how they work is we're actually able to. You know, With the advanced electronics that we have in these amplifiers, like I said, we're able to detect a weaker signal from the cell tower, and then we're able to provide a higher power going back to the cell site, and that's also done via an antenna that's on the outside of the vehicle. Many people don't realize that many times when you're in your vehicle, you can lose as much as 10 times the signal just from the body of your vehicle blocking that cell signal. I mean, you have you know, a metal body of a vehicle, you have, you know, a tint on your windows, which is a metallic tint that really blocks that signal from, uh, you know, you know, getting back to the cell tower. And so by having that antenna on the outside, it's an unobstructed view back to the cell tower that really helps you stay connected in those, uh, weak signal areas as you get out there and, you know, experience drop calls, we'll be able to keep you connected and keep you happy.
0: We're talking with Lane Matthews from SureCall about, uh, getting a better signal in your car. Um. Uh, what you're talking about? Do you need to have this professionally installed, or is this a do-it-yourself?
5: No, it's it's very much do-it-yourself. It's actually a pretty simple install in the vehicle. Like I said, it's a magnetic antenna that goes on the roof of the car, so you simply place it on the roof of the car. You run the wiring down in the side. The booster kind of sets underneath the seat or center console, somewhere out of the way. Um, it's powered via a cigarette lighter, right? So you just plug it into your 12 uh, volt, you know, DC cigarette uh, plug. Um, in the vehicle, and then it has a small little antenna that you can either attach to you know, somewhere close to the phone, you can put it on the seat, on the center console, you can even put it right on the back of the phone if you want. And so it, it's very simple. Honestly, you could probably set this up in five minutes or less.
0: What kind of cost are we looking at?
5: So the Fusion Go 3.0 is a $599 retail. Um, we also have an RV version of it, which has uh, some different antenna configurations that fit better with, a, with a, an RV that is a $699. Um, And it's available at a lot of many of your retailers here in Canada. You can go on to, you know, The Source, Um, also BestBuy.ca, Walmart.ca, you know. And and we also do have a, a lot of independent Um, you know, communications dealers uh, throughout the country um, that that carry and sell these uh, products as well.
0: We've got uh, about two minutes left here. Uh, You also make something that works inside of houses or or offices as well to boost a cell signal. Uh, In my house out in South Surrey, uh, once I hit inside my home, cell phone signals go to die.
5: Yep, that, that, that happens quite, quite often. So we do have a solution. Actually, we have, we have many solutions for, for homes or, or buildings, but the, the main one I want to talk about is our Flare 3.0. Um, so this is a product when people have a you know a poor connection in their home, and it could be due to a couple things, right? It could be they just live in a, in a remote area, right, where there's just not very good signal. It could be out in cottage country, um, you know, things like that. Or it can also be you could live in a, an urban area where there's great signal outside. It's just your home blocks that signal from coming inside, You know, anything that's metallic or concrete, um, that's going to block that signal from making it inside. And so it it creates these barriers that that makes it difficult to communicate. So our solution, how it works, is you have, once again, an antenna you place on the outside of the home. It captures that signal out there. It's a higher gain antenna than anything your phone would have. It runs in with a, a cable to a... An amplifier solution that you put on a desk or you know somewhere in the central area where that boosted signal, and so it's going to you know the antenna outside is going to communicate with the cell tower, capture the signal, we're going to bring it in, amplify it to your phone, and then as your phone tries to communicate back with the tower, it's going to do the same thing. It's going to amplify that signal, make it stronger, going back to the tower and keep you connected. So, the the flare retails at five forty nine. Once again, available at, you know, uh, The Source, BestBuy.ca, Walmart.ca, as well as many other independent retailers throughout the
0: country. We're talking with Lane Matthews from SureCall. The two products again, the car the car one? Fusion to Go 3.0. And the home one? Flare 3.0. That's all the time we have left. I want to thank Graham Williams for coming in today. Mike and Graham signing off. We'll see you again next time.